0: So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 346th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Claiming your inner urban farmer is easy. Grow food, share it, and name your farm. Then let the world know you're an urban farmer while supporting our podcast. Pick up your Urban Farmer bling, hats, and t-shirts at imanurbanfarmer.com. This Urban Farm Podcast is brought to you by the 2018 Food Revolution Summit. I say food choices are our most important factor to staying healthy. The Food Revolution Summit helps us in this discovery process. It's free, online, and features 24 top food and health experts teaching us how to reduce the risk of the most notable diseases of our time. Visit urbanfarm.org forward slash summit to sign up for this life-changing event. Today, on our podcast, we have someone who emphasizes simplicity with self discovery. We're talking with Justin Ehrlich about Chinese medicine and its connection with nature. Drawn for most of his life to many of the mystical practices that originated in ancient China, Justin has been a California state licensed acupuncturist since 2002 and a student of the Jade Purity branch of Taoism since 2001. After many years of questioning the nature of reality, then using these practices to work through his own struggles, heal old wounds, and find a deeper connection to the divine, he can attest to how powerful and transformative this path is can be welcome to the show today justin are you ready to rock chinese medicine
1: absolutely very glad to be here thanks for having me
0: sweet so i shared a bit about you can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today
1: absolutely so i I grew up in san diego in part and then in part in quebec canada And I had a, an interesting mix between sort of city and farm life experience in San Diego. I grew up with my mom and my dad lives in Quebec and had a farm. Mm -hmm. So I had this sort of exposure to the integration of, of human life with nature and how the systems can sort of coexist in that farming side of things. Right. And I had exposure to Asian practices in my life in San Diego via martial arts and somehow those two things sort of permeated into me over time. And I didn't actually plan on being a physician who went to college, worked as a translator, realized I hated sitting behind a desk. And the friend said something to me about Chinese medicine, Ooh. which I was studying out of my own interest. I'd been studying for years. Right. Somebody mentioned, well, why don't you just be an acupuncturist? And it was like somebody had slapped me upside the head and I went back to work, saved some money and went back to school and ended up here. <laughs>
0: Oh, good for you. Yeah, I, I actually went back to school late in life as well. So for me, it's a lifelong journey of learning.
1: Absolutely. That is what it's all about. Otherwise, you know, if if you have it all figured out, it would get boring at some point. Yeah, exactly. But I was was fortunate that my father had a company that did a lot of bioremediation, growing basically beneficial strains of bacteria to clean up damage to soil, pollution, integrating that with hydroponics, farming of fish, mm-hmm. lake restoration. And so I saw a lot of sort of the health of the environment. And then as I began to study medicine, I could see the correlation between the environment and, of course, human health and mm-hmm. sort of the, the overlap between them.
0: Yeah, there's a big connection there. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, very much so. We live on the planet. If we don't take care of it, it, it definitely will not take care of us.
0: Right. So how are you integrating Chinese medicine in and food and health? How does this all fit together?
1: Well, central to, to the practice of Chinese medicine is that it doesn't see the human existence separate from the environment from which we live. We're not these isolated beings that just exist outside of nature. We exist with nature. Right. And so... Most of the practice of Chinese medicine is about integrating with the environment, integrating with the seasons, learning to care for ourselves based around that understanding that we are part of nature, not separate from it. Mm-hmm. And so the way that you care for your health on a hot summer day and the way that you care for yourself in the midst of winter and the way that you care for yourself when you're 14 or 24 or 64 are all going to be very different naturally. Mm hmm. The care that the body needs when we're ill versus the care that we need when we're a an Olympic athlete or when we are in our 40s, it's just all going to be different naturally. And so it's a, a lot of learning to listen to nature and understand that there's not a one size fits all to care for ourselves and care for the planet as well, because how you tend to the soil in the winter is different than how you tend to it in the summer. Exactly. In Chinese medicine, a lot of it is this correlation between the microcosm, which would be ourselves, and the macrocosm which would be the seasons and and nature and the flow of of seasonality. Uh Uh-huh. You know, are things coming out, are they going inward the way that sprouts come up in the spring and the way that trees shed their leaves in the in the autumn and begin to move inward and trying to learn to cultivate our health and our lifestyle to match that seasonality to to some degree you know we don't go into hibernation the way that a bear does but yet we should moderate our lifestyle a little bit to follow the rhythms of nature and with that idea of a cyclical pattern in nature A lot of sort of disease diagnostics in Chinese medicine is around this idea of transmission, which is everything has a beginning and a directionality to it. So Uh when we have a disease, there's a point where that disease started most likely long before we ever had any symptoms Mm, that showed up. And the symptoms we're experiencing now are different than the symptoms we'll experience a year from now or five years from now if we don't address it. And so what we try to do is to figure out, well, where was the beginning what is the present and where is the future of where we're going and and of course that's also the the same with with the land and farming is how are you caring for the soil where was it how are you caring for it now and if you continue down this path of caring for yourself or caring for the land and in the same pattern where is it going to take you is it sustainable is it something that in a hundred years you will be healthier mm-hmm. or will you be less healthy
0: so it sounds like then the notion of Chinese medicine is to address the, address the issues before they show up?
1: Yeah. In Chinese medicine, one of the, the terms that we like to use is the idea of a branch or a root. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes when a person comes in with a symptom that they're presenting with, that's a branch. That's just sort of what's showing up in the moment. And you need to address it. It's acute, it's serious, but we always try to get to the root cause of it because if you can address the root, then the branch never really shows up. You know, that you can mm-hmm. really stop the problem from recurring. And, and the goal with Chinese medicine is really kind of this process of education and empowerment for the the patients so that you have the capacity to control your well-being. If you know drinking a gallon of whiskey every day is going to be bad for you, then you can choose not to do it. Right. Right. It's sort of like it, it's educating, go eat these foods, exercise in this way, meditate in this way, be mindful in this way, get a certain amount of sleep respect the seasons, kind of, you know, really very logical things. But when we do them, they're actually really remarkably powerful for maintaining our health. Mm -hmm. And it's the same, of course, in, in farming, you know, it's the same in caring for the planet, because we are really just another extension of the planet on a physical level, right, we resonate with if the soil is healthy, It affects us. The soil is not healthy. It affects us.
0: If we have healthy soil, then we're going to have healthy plants. We're going to have healthy food and thus have healthier stuff going
1: in when we're eating. Exactly. And so the the goal in the sort of like bigger picture of Chinese medicine is this this ongoing sort of we call it an education or a cultivation or an empowerment of learning so that we learn how to take care of ourselves to have not only a longer length of life but a higher quality of that length mm-hmm. and that we hopefully leave something better for the next generation yeah both in terms of the land but also in the sense that if you know if I don't take care of myself, and I expose my body to all these toxins, and I have some genetic alterations that occur because I'm exposed to all these toxins, then I pass on those genetics to my offspring. Mm. It affects the DNA of my body. And so then I pass on a mutation to my offspring, and the next generation becomes less healthy in the same way that it would with the soil, with the planet. Right. And so the idea is that if I can cultivate my health I can alter some of my epigenetics turn on certain genes or not turn on certain genes based on what I'm exposed to and how I care for myself mm-hmm. then the genes that I pass along to my offspring will also be altered and and there are studies that have come out showing how you know acute severe psychological trauma turns on certain genes damages certain genes in oh, the body and how Things like the Holocaust or, you know, the killing fields in Southeast Asia during the Vietnam War and Cambodia and all that. How those those things actually affect the genetics of a person. Hmm. And we pass it on. It can show up in the genes two, three generations later.
0: So I've been noticing that there's a lot more chronic disease that has been going around lately. I'm dealing with Lyme and all my listeners know that, but there, there's a lot more out there. How do we address that in Chinese medicine?
1: Lyme disease and many chronic diseases, You know, the rise of, of all of these sort of autoimmune diseases that we see from thyroid issues to gut issues, rheumatoid arthritis those sorts of things they are what are known as sort of latent diseases in chinese medicine mm. and by latent there are things that sort of go hidden and come back out and go hidden and come oh, back yeah. out there and they don't respond particularly well to a lot of the the sort of standard pharmaceuticals you may get a certain amount of symptomatic relief but a lot of the big guns of Western medicine are really designed more for sort of short-term use, not meant for daily use over years and years because then they start to have unwanted side effects and and can be bad for the body. Mm -hmm. And within the paradigm of Chinese medicine, the philosophy is to try to figure out, well, where is this disease hiding? So if you're looking at Uh, a a biofilm of how certain,
0: Mm -hmm. you
1: know, viruses or bacteria are able to sort of be impenetrable by Western pharmaceuticals. So they don't respond well to the treatment is like, how do you begin to soften the biofilm? And that's a, a big thing in in Lyme disease.
0: It absolutely is.
1: And what sort of medicinals, whether that be a plant medicine or a pharmaceutical or a nutraceutical can help to soften that cell membrane so that things can penetrate and treat the disease, whatever yeah. that is, fight the infection. And A lot of the time what we're doing when we're working with a a patient that has something like that is we're trying to figure out, well, in a healthy body, the immune system comes in and fights and targets the disease, treats it, and it goes away. Mm-hmm. sometimes there's a disease that just overpowers the immune system because it's just a particularly virulent strain of something right and so we try to figure out well is it a particularly virulent strain or is it something with we need to more efficiently target the disease itself you know mm-hmm. can we can we amp up the immune system to be a little bit more effective in what it does and via pulse diagnosis and tongue diagnosis and asking lots of questions we can begin to sort of research where is this stuck and how can we sort of understand stick it Uh and then there are certain plants that are particularly useful for softening up those biofilms so that we can get the body to really expel those viruses or bacteria that are being latent on a bigger sort of philosophical level I think latent disease really represents a lot of the things that we we don't see Mm -hmm. our blind spots sort of psychologically
0: oh interesting
1: and culturally on a much bigger level uh huh one of the more obvious or maybe the most obvious facet of American life or Western life around that is our approach to eating and farming and health care and sort of personal responsibility for what we put in our body and how we grow the stuff that we put in our body. Right. And we have, you know, for several generations now really ignored and been blind to the the impacts of those things. And Mm -hmm. I think that is why we see the rise of these sort of autoimmune diseases in the sense of how certain pesticides, genetically modified plants, et cetera, et cetera, affect our gut. All the processed foods affect our gut, lead to leaky gut. From leaky gut, you have the propensity towards autoimmune diseases, which can show up in many different ways depending on the person. Mm -hmm. Once you have that degree of sort of systemic inflammation, the immune system is being overworked constantly. It becomes, over time, becomes weakened. And then we get exposed to other viruses, bacteria, parasites, and our body just doesn't have the resources to fight it because all of our resources have been going to moderating the chronic inflammation. Yeah. And so the, the whole lifestyle facet of Western modernized Western life with all of its wonderful benefits also comes with certain costs. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, again, it, you know, it shouldn't be something that we just put as black and white as bad, but it also is we want to be educated to the damage that it does as well as the benefits that it does so we can hopefully make an educated decision to, to care for ourselves better.
0: Right. And one of the things that I've done with the Lyme, and you you said it earlier, I really worked on my immune system, on my Mm -hmm. gut biology. I've spent a lot of time and energy learning and supplements and that kind of stuff to really work on my gut biome. And I don't add to anything on my body that will affect my holobiome either you know
1: exactly i mean in a way it's much like tending to the soil right as a farmer it's like you put toxins in plants don't grow as well yeah right yeah and we are more bacteria than we are human cells in terms of what's in our gut mhm and if we put the wrong things in or we create an environment that is more you know depending on the the medical tradition you could say it's more acidic or more alkaline you can say it's more inflamed or less inflamed we can call it many different things but the bottom line is that the healthier our system is, the less inflammation we have, the less taxation we have on the body, the better it's going to work. Yeah. And hence, we will navigate disease more efficiently, exposure to disease. Exposure to stressors and those sorts of things. And so in medicine, we see sort of this rise of gut health, the relationship to eating. And you see all the different eating strategies from paleo to keto to vegetarian or vegan or, you know, this, that, or the other, which are really all designed to try to reestablish some degree of a healthy biome in the body. Uh And also the rise of different sort of adaptogenic supplements.
0: An adaptogenic supplement? What's that?
1: So adaptogens would be things like ginseng and rhodiola Mm -hmm. and turmeric and these things that perform these broad range of spectrums that allow the body to function a little more efficiently. They're not really a, a solution to the problems that we're facing, but they are a way to help us cope with the stressors of life more efficiently.
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense and it it really goes to one of the things that I believe in that's that you you know, you put good stuff in, you know, you're going to feel better in the long term. I've said for years that there are three things that cause and I know this is a bold statement, 100% of our disease. Our conversation today is kind of reminding me of that, and that is stress, lack of nutrition in our food and environmental toxins.
1: Yeah, in Chinese medicine we t- we tend to say there's three causes of disease. One is some of us just get dealt a better or a worse card. If you're going to attach a judgment to that, we have certain things that run in the family on a genetic level. Right. But then we have external factors: exposure to viruses, bacteria, chemicals, toxins, lightning bolts. You know, all the different uh, things that can cause damage to our body. Right. And then we have our our internal world. So we have this external world of the outer environment and we have our internal world of how we cope with stuff, but also the things that we put into our body Mm -hmm. and what our body can do with it. And you're basically hitting upon that maybe minus the genetic component but it really is the more we expose our body to toxins, the just logically, we know that that's hard on the body.
0: Earlier in our conversation though, you ta- you kind of touched on the genetic mm-hmm. piece and you know, I know there is that to my bold statement, but if I put toxins in, it can turn on some of the genetics that wouldn't necessarily be turned on. If I wasn't putting the toxins in.
1: Absolutely. And that's, that's the whole study of, of epigenetics. It's not really just about the genes that we inherit. Mm-hmm. And this This ties into the sort of deeper philosophical view of Taoism, which is that we're all here for a certain purpose, to learn certain lessons. And the Taoist philosophy would be that we're here to sort of graduate from the lessons of whatever it is that we inherit. So I inherit a gene of having Crohn's disease or heart disease. Mm-hmm. And my purpose for being here is to learn how to not turn it on, how to learn to live a life. So oh, that interesting. if diabetes ran in my family, I right. will be the person to break that line of disease. Mm-hmm. If alcoholism ran in the family, I will be the one to break that genetic line. I will be the one to break the genetic line of abuse of whatever it is, but to really kind of the, the Taoist term would be to graduate from it. To be like, no, this pattern, this disease, physical, emotional, or spiritual, it ends with me. I'm going to choose to empower myself and rise above whatever it is based on my lifestyle choices. Because we can't really change our genetics we're born with it
0: right so it sounds like a big chunk of this is taking personal responsibility
1: absolutely it is really central that the true healing comes from from personal responsibility not from you know me being some faith healer and i lay my hands upon you and thou art healed sort of thing uh-huh. acupuncture chinese medicine western pharmaceuticals nutraceuticals they're all powerful tools that can really help our health dramatically mm-hmm but true healing comes from within, yeah. not from, from without, not to sell short what I do, but really like I'm just a stopgap for somebody's process just to help them get to the point where they can actually do it themselves.
0: Beautiful. So I'm, I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might've learned from
1: it. Yeah. So, you know, f- as a physician, failure is something that, that I actually deal with every single day in the clinic mm. because you're trying to help a person and there is this pressure because people come to you and they're sick and they need help and you're trying to get the exact right diagnosis, the exact right prescription, the exact right treatment. And rarely do you ever get it. Do you hit the nail perfectly on the head? It's this sort of fine tuning process of, okay, I gave you this herb. Mm -hmm. It caused this response, but it's not quite exactly perfect. And on that level, it's a failure almost every single time that I treat because I rarely get it just perfect. For me, one of the more beautiful lessons of, of medicine is that we can let go of this idea of failure and realize that it's just this constant evolving learning process of how do we get a more refined way of interacting with the person as a, as a patient. Mm -hmm. But then that of course applies to life. I don't expect the first time that I ride a bike that it's going to be perfect. Right. I'm going to fall. Yeah. And that's okay. I don't judge myself for it, but I hold myself accountable to get better. The next time I get on the bicycle, Mm -hmm. I hold myself accountable to make sure that the next herbal formula that I give you is even better than the first one. And that really, for me is a, in a sense that I fail every day in the clinic not horribly. Mm-hmm. The longer I've been in practice, the smaller those failures are. But you know, like on a personal level, anytime I don't help a person as much as I would like to help them, I feel bad. Yeah. You know, people come to me and they want help. I want to help them. That's the whole point. Yeah.
0: Well, and I love that. You know, the continued learning piece. That that sounds to me like what that's your one of your big learnings. There is, you know, it's a lifelong learning thing. Yeah, absolutely. What do you consider your biggest success?
1: <sighs> For me, I mean. You know, passing my acupuncture boards was no small feat, but I would say anytime I can grasp a deeper level of the the principles that are hidden within Chinese medicine Taoism, I'm always very proud of myself because there are these concepts that are that are pretty foreign to the Western mind and they're very broad. They're very big. And so when you say that you understand the idea of chi or of blood or of all these different technical words in Chinese medicine, you suddenly see it in a plant and you're like, that's chi. And like, I never really realized how broad of a thing. And so Every time I can deepen my understanding of the medicine for me is really a, a big success because I know then I can help people more because really it's my understanding of the world that allows me to look at yeah. disease or suffering in a patient and be able to help them. The more I understand the world, the better chance I have of being able to help somebody work through whatever it is that they are are struggling with right?
0: Wow, cool. So, what drives you?
1: That would be the the suffering. <laughs> <laughs> for me, really, I think it's we suffer in so many ways that we don't have to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's fine that life is a struggle, and we have certain things that we need to learn. and And I am definitely a believer of that sort of Taoist philosophy that we're here for a purpose. But I also think that you know, as a whole in society, like we need to to learn. And so, my goal is really just help empower people to to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm really very motivated to do that. That is by far, I think, one of the, the best things that we can do for for the world is, is teach people how to take care of themselves and think for themselves and, and care for their friends and their family and their loved ones. And,
0: and grow your own food.
1: Yes, very okay. much so. Very much so.
0: So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why?
1: I might choose two.
0: Okay, good. Not the first time this has happened.
1: One is a book called Healing with Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. by Paul Pitchford, which is a good introduction to using food as medicine and how certain foods can be beneficial for our body. Because I think it's, as a society, we need to learn to pay attention to how certain foods affect our body. And it's a good introduction to a broad spectrum of things. Mm-hmm. And, and there's an, another great book called The Chinese Medicinal Herb Farm by Peg Schaefer. And it's about growing Chinese herbs and is also a very good introduction to how plants can be medicine. I don't think we should all be our own doctors. There's a an art and a science to, to being able to be a good diagnostician. Right. But I think learning to realize how you can use dandelion or citrus or radishes or whatever, as a way to support your health is something that we should all really be learning and having in our backyards and our front yards, you know?
0: Yeah. That just, again, goes to growing your own healthy food and then preparing it and, you know, consuming it.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Which I love to do every day here at the urban farm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
1: My advice to almost like all of my clients is slow down, listen and consider what path you're on. Mm-hmm. Look at where you're headed. Is this taking you in the direction that you want to go? And like, give yourself that gift. Take pause and just really stop and consider it. Try to move out of judgment of whether it's good or bad, but just like, is it where you want to go? Mm-hmm. And taking some time to to put your feet in the soil, connect to the earth, and just Check in with yourself and be like, am I going in the direction that I want to go? And then, you know, take the steps to change it if it's not where you want to go.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Justin.
1: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been a a pleasure to be here. You
0: bet. So how can our listeners get a hold of you?
1: Best place to reach me would be on my website, which is just my name. It's justinehrlich.com.
0: That's J-U-S-T-I-N-E-H-R-L-I-C-H. Isn't that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: Perfect. You can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash Justin Ehrlich. We are your urban farming resource. You can find our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, podcasts, webinars, courses, and more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast claiming your inner urban farmer is easy grow food share it and name your farm then let the world know you're an urban farmer while supporting our podcast pick up your urban farmer bling hats and t-shirts at imanurbanfarmer.com my intent with the urban farm podcast is to educate and inform so when i find a particularly good opportunity i want to share it with everyone the 2018 food revolution summit is one of them As you listen, you will be informed, inspired, and motivated to improve your health. You'll get cutting-edge insights and information from 24 of the top food and health experts in the world, hosted by my friend Ocean Robbins with interviews conducted by best-selling author John Robbins. This annual, week-long online event is free to attend. You will learn from experts you can trust about how to improve your health and reduce your risk of chronic disease. Sign up at urbanfarm.org forward slash summit to join the revolution.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together.